0: Welcome to episode three of the Science called Performance Podcast. Here I am Alex.
1: I'm Bobby. And I'm Chris.
0: And we are going to talk about rotational power.
1: I can't. Uh, what do
2: you... What's the best way to improve rotational power?
1: Well, I mean, I... I've I feel seen, like... I feel
2: like I can feel rotational power happening around me. I just... Me
0: too. It's
2: weird. Or maybe not. I don't know. Is it gone?
0: It's another social media thing that I see a lot of interesting exercises,
1: though. Yes. Interesting is a nice word. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think the more golf-like it looks, the better it helps you play golf, right? I mean, that's that's what the
2: sell is, right? And I think that's the important thing as a coach is to understand what's, like, selling, like, marketing versus what's real science. I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of stuff out there that says it's science-backed or research-backed, and it's because it's a case study, um, and there's... A total loss of understanding of what true research is, yeah. and a case study is not a very, not a high level at all of, of evidence. Um, so I think when we talk about rotational power, um, you know, I think let's kind of go through. We've got a list here of kind of the most common things that we see as sold as kind of power yeah, that exercises. We
1: cringe at and laugh at yeah. and send each other, make each other angry. So it's usually you sending me well, stuff, yes. and hoping that I'm going to do something. If I see if on social C&T. media, that's not yeah.
0: a long feed that we have. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Chris, don't do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think you know, this is not, I think it's the goal here is we're not picking on any individual. It's, it's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to educate you, know, you the viewer, as the coach, or if you're, if you're a golfer yourself, in terms of what's the truth and the research behind a lot of this versus what I think kind of gets twisted and, and quote-unquote sold. Um, so I think the first one that I feel like there's a BOSU ball potentially in the shot. I don't know.
1: It's making me a little upset. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> um,
2: so there was a study done, I guess Cressy did, and that was the, kind of the first big study on, on unstable surfaces, right? Um, what, what was the final year? Well, yeah. Had? So,
1: you know, around the late eighties, early nineties, um, you know, even into the 2000s, like unstable surface training was all rage, right? If you can do it on an unstable surface, well, you must be able to do it on a stable
2: surface even better. It's right. so like the, the, the cover of, you know, his golf magazine, golf digest with Dustin Johnson standing on a ball, swinging a golf club. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. So I, in theory, I'm yeah, sure that makes sense. Right. But, um, you know, in practice and you actually look at the research, you see a lot actually less force production when you're on an unstable surface. Oh. Um, and you know, unless there was 12 inches of rain the day before, or you're in a really bad sand bunker, I don't think golf is played on an unstable surface. No, even when I'm in the water, we should ask the one handicapper.
0: I was gonna gonna say, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so, but you told me. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I think so. I think let's explain why does standing on an unstable surface, why does that actually decrease the amount of power or force that somebody's able to produce?
0: I think we go back to ground reaction forces, which we talked a little about last episode. You didn't see that, Um, but the ability to produce force grab onto the ground with your foot with your lower body um, to produce force and when you're on an unstable surface, such as a to ball, first thing I'm like, I'm not going to be able to produce much force at all standing on something like that.
2: Because all your energy is going to not falling on your face, right? So, yeah, more
0: on the yeah. stability muscles and right. balance.
2: Well, and that's why, you know, Bobby mentioned, that, you know, I'm playing in a wet, if it's really, really wet out, you'll mm-hmm. you don't hit it as far. And part of that's because the ball's not going to roll. But the other part's because you can't push into the ground as much, so you're not going to get as much back out of the ground, which so your club has to be actually going to be a little bit slow. Exactly. Um, so, so I think that's, you know, in terms of unstable surfaces, check or cross that out as non-top rotational. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I think, uh, and then there's, what else? We got other training aids here. So yeah. like Orange Whip, um, I think that's a great tool to use for, for like sequencing or loosening mm-hmm. up. But I think there's sometimes a mistake where that's a power tool. Um, it is not going to improve your power. It may help your sequencing a little bit or help you loosen up. Yeah. But remember, power is how much force can you produce and how fast you can produce it, right? Simple equation. Yeah. Uh, and my son in kindergarten is 1 plus yeah. 1. Instead, right? Uh, force plus speed equals power. Times, so, times Yes. <laughs> All right, technical guys. <laughs> uh, but the orange, like orange whip is not really it's not improving your speed and it's not, it's not improving how much force you can produce you know, kinematically if we can create a more efficient sequence or create more separation and yeah. you can you know, leverage
1: the elasticity or that may help you. That's only going to get you so far though. So just using that as your own training tool you might see a nice increase it might make you feel better before you play but at some point you're going to plateau especially with what we see with our adults if you're not doing training outside of that your body's naturally going to lose some speed.
2: Mm-hmm. Well I think that the the stick is another common. We have a lot of our members that use that. Um, yeah, again, great for mobility, not uh, a power training tool. Right. Um, I think the big two, the most pop, more popular at this point now, um, Mach Three and Super Speed,
1: kind of yep. uh, over speed time training. Um, so what's the what's the deal with that? Well, I think if we're talking about power, right, your ability to produce force over a certain amount of time, there's only so much force again that you can put into those. Right. So think about how heavy even. Heaviest of the overspeed training implements is—it's really not nearly as much speed, but even on a beginners for back squat.
2: Awkward silence. <laughs> <as you> think, <laughs> <T-plane>. <laughs> um, no, but I think I think with the, with those systems, they target the speed side mm-hmm. of the power equation. I think a lot of times people mistake power and strength; they kind of use them as interchangeable, and they're very different. So how much force you can produce, that's really like how strong you are, right? Um, so the, the overspeed or the Mach 3, those tend to seemingly, definitely the overspeed training is more speed-based. Mm-hmm. Mach 3, I think it's a little confusing. I think some of it is technique-based, and oriented, and with the you know, speed out in front, mm-hmm. um, there is going to be some effective overspeed-based you know, over is there. Uh, I'm You concerned. Know, if you haven't seen our research, is a lot of the volume with both of those systems. So I think that's you know if we kind of look at a lot of the training aids. None of them are really going to improve your overall power. Right. Um, there's a time when using each of those may be appropriate. Unstable surface training, great in a rehab type setting. Um, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> trying try to be positive here. Um, yeah, I think you know the mock three or overspeed, great when there's a gap in terms of somebody's right. re- creates a lot of power athletically. Maybe doesn't have the sport specificity in right. terms of the power. Um, so if you look at our research, with the there's a gap in terms of their power percentiles are a really high percentile, yeah. but their club head speeds in a really low percentile. That's like green light, go there, assuming sure. mobility, obviously, is clear. Yeah. Um, you know, then the, you gear know, orange with the stick, those are kind of supplemental tools that we can utilize around in a program as well, too, right?
0: And, of course, the most important and the most effective ones we can talk about, um, what we've seen in-house, and we're lucky enough to have, are things, like, uh, K pulley, the K box, so it's an eccentric tool to really overload the system. Um, and what we've seen, or part of our research, which is free on our website, um, that the K pulley and K box produce a substantial amount of power in rotational, rotational, uh, rotational power. Um, I know you know the numbers like off the top of your head. You on <laughs> That's why we wrote them down
2: for you, Alex. Uh, yeah, no, I think, and so. Let's talk about the the Cape Poly because that obviously that had the mm-hmm. you know we're not being paid or anything. to Say this, this is I don't care what tool you use, eccentric overload in a rotational or transverse plane yeah. is basically what we saw that had incredible output in terms of incredible transference to the golf plane in terms of swing speed games. Right? right. Um, how does that work? Why like why should the coach watching this or the golfer watching this? Can we? How, you, how would you guys explain it?
0: Centric training,
2: yeah, like what that did, I guess. Yeah,
0: well, it gave someone who's maybe not able to really overload the traditional weight training uh, the ability to overload. You know, it's hard to have you know the 50 plus population putting like maxing out putting a lot of weight on their back for back squats or pulling heavy deadlifts on the floor, which is beneficial that we'd love to see. Um, but with these tools, we're able to kind of more safely for that person create that stimulus—that's an overload stimulus—so that they are producing um, that likely outcome of the you know, rotational power.
2: Yeah. So I think our research—we looked at we did the you know full year was like one mile an hour oh, on average, yeah. about sure. every twelve weeks. Yeah. Um, we did this study was a, ran- a randomized study. We did six weeks, right? And we saw on the K box, um, which is more kind of squatting, deadlifting, more vertical, um, that was 1.3 in six weeks, <laughs> yep. which so half the time, same, pretty much same game. Exactly. Um, pretty, pretty much the same as the control group in that study as well. But the K pulley we saw actually doubled that, so 2.6. So that's mm-hmm. that's more than 150 percent of in half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think then that's I think you know we talked about last episode with med ball training, rotationally, and traditionally. We use light implements, or we think we're using heavy implements with a 20-pound ball, which really screws you over because you're going slow and it's not really that heavy. Um, But with the K Pulley, you actually get so much more load with that eccentric flywheel. You get a lot more strength gain, I think, in that rotational uh, plane. So we go back to that basic equation of power equals force plus speed. We really increase that force production in that specific point. Uh, So,
0: and with like the med ball exercise, like you said, can be Rotational movement, rotational sequencing, um, but we don't necessarily see a great producing or increase in power with those to really overload that system so, so in no a manner where you're gonna be still moving efficiently, the cape is a great tool to do that.
1: I think people had a lot of fun with it. Like oh, yeah. once they got the rhythm of the movement, mm-hmm. they had a lot of fun. And I think too, there's a good way to show people that intent is really important, right? So we're constantly judging people, you know, for all of whether you're using a cape pulley or just your standard cable weights, your bands, right, So some of the other moves, you know, put intent behind the movement so that you're actually producing more power output, right? If you're just going through these movements kind of willy-nilly without any oomph behind it, you're not going to get the gains, whereas I think everyone really understood, hey, the more effort I put into this, the more this is going to bring out of me. Yeah. It kind
0: of puts you not in a completely fixed position with cape pulley, but with the mid if you're not in a fixed position, you may have more about coordination, and yes. if they're not yeah. doing that, then the tape point is really effective in putting them in
2: the right position. Yeah. So I think when we're looking at kind of the group types, you know, three types of best exercises to improve rotational power, yeah. uh, I think we're, we're saying eccentric, uh, flywheel, or overloading in the rotational plane, mm-hmm. number one. Really? Um, Great. If you have that technology available, too. Right. right. But <laughs> I think the other thing, too, is any, regardless of what you're doing, do something with, uh, you know, with feedback. Like that's where, like, uh, the assess to perform ballistic ball, um, that gives you feedback if we're doing medicine ball work. Uh, the K capability gives you feedback in terms of the Bluetooth capability yep. to your phone. How much did you put into that? Um, you know, if you're doing swing over speed training, you know, maybe use the device to see, make sure you're outputting the same. that's a little, a little speed monitor. Um, so I think, you know, if you're coaching giving someone feedback. Don't let them get away with rainbows on their mid-ball throws. Make them be lasers. Or you know, just slowly going through your chop. Right, because I want to feel the position. Right. It's great yeah. if you're doing technical work, I guess, but not if you're in the gym trying to produce power. Right. Um, so, so hopefully that helps And that, you know, I, I don't think that there's a bad device or a bad kind of exercise necessarily. I just think it's confusing out there in terms of when to use what. And I think hopefully, you know, at this point, 12, 13 minutes in. Uh, you've laughed at us a few times, but also you know, learned a couple things in terms of the actual gains that you can have with a lot less work. And I think that's what we're all looking for, is how can we get maximal gains with the least amount of work, actually. So, um, So if you've enjoyed the content, please make sure to like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel, you want to and hit that subscribe button, um, and then uh, you know, obviously share it with your friends, your colleagues, uh, clients, golfers, uh, anybody you think is gonna benefit kind of understanding the better ways of rotational power. Um and please let us know if there's any weird people behind us doing some weird things with exercises that look like they should be powered but they're not. Um there's been reports of those flying around here at our gym here our success. Get
0: them
2: out of Yeah. So all right thanks a lot guys and uh we will see you next episode.